Can't get enough of Super Sugar Crisps. Hey, welcome to Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. This is Back from the Brink, the after show that streams from our morning radio show on KCAA in San Bernardino, Riverside. Uh, we are at 10.50 a.m. and 106.3 and 106.2 and 102.3. 102.6, subparagraph 2. We're on the radio, and now we're streaming so professionally. So I was humming uh, Super Sugar Crisps theme song. Super Sugar Crisps were a candy-coated or sugar-coated puffed wheat cereal. Um, and it was, you know, kind of a crunchy thing. When I was growing up, they were Super Sugar Crisps. They are now, um, I think, called Golden Crisps. They're still available. They've changed the um, the stuff around a little bit. And the uh, the bear that they used to advertise, the animated bear, they've changed his voice a few times because the guy who was doing it, I think uh, look if you look on uh, Wikipedia about Golden Crisps, Jerry Matthews was the bear of Sugar Bear's voice for 40 years. 40 years, and he kind of talked like this, guys. He was just kind of cool and smooth and groovy and just kept on talking. Um, and Sugar Bear, his voice got changed up, and, and then they had Super Orange Crisps. Um, and uh, so, you know, they um, got hammered for the amount of sugar that was actually in these things over the years. And so... Um, uh, you know, they've kind of changed the name, took sugar out of the name, and they've made them a little less sweet and tried to do whatever they can to make them a little bit healthier because, you know, uh, when your mascot is Sugar Bear and your cereal is called Sugar Crisps, yeah, you're eating a bowl of sugar that happens to have some puffed wheat in it. Um, but it's funny things that are gone like that, you know, you, every once in a while think about it, like, whatever happened to? Um, there was a cereal that I used to love, something called Buckwheats. And they were available between 1971 and then they kind of phased out in the early 80s. And they were a flake that was a a wheat flake with some um, buckwheat in them. And they had like a maple flavor. And then at some point in its production, they um, changed it from like a maple flavor to a honey glaze. And they just changed the taste of everything. And people quit buying them when they when they changed them up. And so instead of changing them back, which would have made sense, uh, they just quit. And so maybe they just felt like, you know, change, they, they weren't making enough sales, so they tried to change them to make things better. Things instead got worse, and they said, well, they weren't that great before, so we weren't going to go back. But um, they were kind of like a Wheaties, but they had like a, like I said, a maple glaze on them, uh, at least until they switched to the honey glaze, which was terrible. Um but I miss, I miss my buckwheats. You know, buckwheats flakes uh, were, were uh, yummy and part of my youth. And so that's why I remember that flavor. And it's one of those things you just can't go back and get, you know. Um, I wonder if there's things that, that you might have, too, as a, a, that you remember in your youth. It's like, oh, yeah, remember the XYZ insert food thing here that they just don't sell anymore, you know. And then there's certain things that... that Boy, when you have it, you go like, oh, it takes you right back to your youth because they're still around. Like, it wasn't something that I had often, but I, you know, it was a treat when I was a kid was to get like a, a Swanson chicken pot pie. 
And, you know, and to this day, chicken pot pie is like a comfort food thing for me. Uh, and it always was chicken. I could, you know, they've got other flavors out there and turkey is very, very close. But uh, or beef. But, yeah, beef pot pie didn't do it for me. A chicken pot pie was the one that I always thought of growing up. And that was comfort food, especially on a cold day. You know, a chicken pot pie would be a great thing. Um, and. You know, they used to be super cheap. I don't know what a chicken pot pie goes for these days, but I, I would guess that it's uh, at least a few bucks. Um, and and there's better ones than Swanson out there now, too. There's some great recipes you can make your own. The uh, Marie Callender's folks sell a really good chicken pot pie that you can also buy in the freezer section, so you don't have to go to the store. And uh, it's about twice the size of the old Swanson ones, which is great because I'm also about twice the size, (laughs) probably twice the size of what a healthy me should be. But, um, um, yeah, I remember I remember chicken pot pies. I remember my buckwheat flakes. I remember super sugar crisps, those kinds of things, uh, you know, stick in your memory and the, the flavors, you know, like I can still go get. Uh, a golden crisp and it's uh, it's not the same but it's very similar to what the super sugar crisps were um can't get the buckwheat flakes at all those are gone now i know there's other companies that make a buckwheat flake cereal um but they're a health conscious cereal so they don't have any of the the um the sweetener on it the maple glaze and uh i guess i could take some maple syrup and dump it on there but uh I won't be able to do it with Aunt Jemima much longer because they're changing the name of that stuff, so it's going to be something other than Aunt Jemima. Uh, You know, yesterday we were talking about the fact that they were changing the name of their syrup because they felt that Aunt Jemima was uh, inappropriate in today's day and age. And I don't disagree with them on that, but, you know, the fact that their company actually has a history of being founded by a former slave, or at least the product line does because now they're owned by a big conglomerate, but, uh, you know, the fact that they were owned by a former slave and launched by somebody, you know, a woman who was trying to be a, um, a uh, you know, business owner, I, I think they should be celebrating that history instead of running away from it. But I also said that, you know, Aunt Jemima was one of the ones that I used uh, as a syrup that I liked. And actually, I was mistaken when I looked in my closet and I was like, oh, wait a minute, it wasn't Aunt Jemima, it was Mrs. Butterworth. It's got the jar shaped like How long were you trying to call in? I just happened to glance up and see that you were calling in. I had not turned on my monitor, so I didn't hear it. I apologize Uh, for that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Are we recording this morning? Uh, Yeah, we're up and going. Up and going. All right. So uh, it is is a beautiful 66 degrees outside. It is so awesome. I love the cool mornings. I like the June gloom. I know people think of it as gloom and think, you know, negative. But, boy, I love it. I love it. You know what I was talking about before you came on was stuff you used to be able to buy that you can't buy anymore that you remember the flavor of or that they've changed. Like, I remember Super Sugar Crisp. Well, it was like 76% sugar, so they got rid of Super Sugar Crisp. <laughs> and it, it's, it's now still sold, but it's called Golden Crisp. And it's similar, but it's not the same. 
And what made me think of that was that yesterday I was actually looking for a cereal that I remembered from my youth that they quit selling. And it was something called Buckwheats, Buckwheats Flakes. And they sold it from like 71 through the early 80s. And basically it was like a wheat flake with some, and early on it was actually made with buckwheat. So it was like, you know, a little little bit less common grain. And then um, it had like a maple flavored glaze baked into them. And at some point in the 80s, they, uh, late late 70s, early 80s, they decided that they weren't selling well enough. They wanted to make a change. So they changed it to a honey flavored glaze. And everybody hated it, and sales dropped. And instead of going back to the maple, they just said, forget it, we're dropping it. And they quit making it uh, in in uh, early 1982, I guess. So but, was it General Mills or Post? or Yeah, it was General Kellogg's Mills. Kellogg's General Mills. Yeah, Buckwheat's, Buckwheat, Buckwheat's Flakes were a General Mills product. Um, took me a little while to dig around, but there's actually a uh, um, Wikipedia page, Buck, B-U-C, Wheats is what it is. And, and, and I thought about that, you know, and it's like, I think everybody sort of has something that they, you know, especially foods that like, you know, remind you of your youth or something. The other one that I thought of, you know, I mean, breakfast cereals for kids is probably not a a hard thing for a lot of people to relate to. But the other thing I thought about was, uh, and, and nowadays I probably wouldn't buy the Swanson ones, but Swanson chicken pot pies. Oh yeah, you know, it's just comfort food. There's, you know, and again, it's mostly dough. There's not a lot of of uh, health involved there, I think, in any of these things. But uh, but, you but know, they tasted good. Yeah, they did. They did. And nowadays, if I want a chicken pot pie, I'm more likely to go buy you know, out of the freezer section a um, a um, Marie Callender's. Yeah, Marie Callender's uh, pie because. A, it's about twice the size, and and I'm probably four times the size that I was then. So you know, I need a bigger pie, or several <laughs> several pies, which just makes you feel bad when you're sitting there eating two or three pies. Uh, but uh, also, just you know, better better and more filling and stuff than's in the in the the Swanson pies that cost substantially less. I'm sure the Swanson pies are still, you know, a few bucks. Uh, if, if a buck, maybe. I don't know. I, I Honestly, I haven't shot for them so long, I couldn't tell you what a, a Swanson pot pie costs these days. But uh, I seem to remember seeing something like occasionally they would be on sale like 10 for $10 or something at our stores. So, it's like a buck. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, for me, that comfort food, and you're going to laugh, is Chef Boyardee ravioli. I'm not going to laugh at all because that's you know that brings you back to your youth, right? And that makes a lot yes. of sense. I love the mini ones, the big mm-hmm. ones, everything in between. I love the Chef Boyardee ravioli. Of course, I don't eat that anymore because, you know, yeah. I'm trying to be trying to stick to a plant based diet. Um, and, uh, you know, like I've always said with this this vegan thing, um, I'm a vegan today. And, you know, sometimes I, I I'm I, like Tobin last night came home from Stater Brothers with their their fresh fried chicken. Yeah. The house smelled so good. And I'm like. Oh my gosh. And so I ate and I ate a vegan meal and it was delicious and I have no complaints about it. But that, that smell of that fried chicken was, oh, heavenly. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you've made a decision in your eating habits and, and I, you know, if you choose to change that one day and, or, or, and then go right back to it or not change it. I mean, you know, it's up to you. Nobody's judging you one way or the other on what you do or don't choose to put into your mouth and eat. Um, but, uh, 
you know, it's uh, you're right. There are certain things that you just go like, oh, and you smell it. And fried chicken is one of those things, regardless of its source, just fried chicken is one of those things that I think a lot of Americans grew up with some, uh, you know, attachment to unless you grew up in a um, a uh, recently immigrated family and and you ate primarily foods from from the origin country. Um, You know, most Americans have some memory of eating fried chicken in their youth. Um, yes, I love fried chicken. Yeah. I love fried chicken, um, and it's 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 uh, yes. Do have do have lots of memories of eating it growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Fried chicken and potato salad and yeah, um, you know they all go the together, things. don't they? Potato they do. Salad and fried chicken is just like that's that's about as American a meal as you're going to get. Exactly. Uh, especially if you you're from the South or the Midwest, that was a a summer staple. You kind of waited for summer to come around because you knew there was going to be some fried chicken and potato salad. And <laughs> the other thing my mom used to do was like a three bean salad. So we usually had that yes. as well as potato salad. And I could sit down and have a complete meal out of the potato salad and the three bean salad, which which would, would fit right in with most vegan things, depending on how they were put together. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, again, use vegan A's instead of mayonnaise. Yeah, probably not necessarily the healthiest meals again, but no. uh, but no. uh, uh, good stuff, good stuff. You know, it's not like you're going to live off this stuff, right? But it's it's it just once in a while having that meal that just hits the spot is so um, just reinforcing and comforting. You know, that reassurance of like, yes, the world hasn't gone too crazy because I can still make a potato <laughs> salad and sit here and yes. eat it, you know? Um, yes. And things you want to pass on to your kids, right? When you had, when our kids were younger, it was like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to remember this right here. <laughs> so we would make what, my, what we lovingly called cat food casserole pretty often when mm-hmm. the kids growing up because they really liked it, which is like a – it was tuna casserole. Mm-hmm. And um, so either we would make macaroni and cheese and throw tuna in it or we would have some extra protein or we would – you know, make a, uh, like some sort of creamy, cheesy pasta with macaroni with pasta with, uh, with tuna. And Uh so, you know, Reagan and I were talking, my daughter and I were talking and, uh, she's like, Oh, that's childhood right there. Yeah. (laughs) Part of it was just because I didn't know how to cook and we didn't have a lot of money. So I bought what was easy and cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. Cheesy noodles is, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have been there, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for me, if you know, when I was uh, first on my own, young, uh, I, for whatever reason, have never been a huge fan of macaroni and cheese. My wife loves it, my kids love it. I just have never particularly cared for it. The cheesy stuff just doesn't. I don't know. And I like cheese. It's just that didn't work for me. So for me, it was uh, ramen noodles. Ah, yes. And you could make almost anything out of ramen noodles. And, you know, I remember there was a time when you could buy, like, uh, four of the bricks of Top Ramen for, like, a buck. Yes. You know, you you can fill up on ramen noodles um, pretty cheaply. Again, uh, yeah, and but they healthy. are definitely not healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say I mean, again. I suppose if you throw in a bunch of vegetables and other things, you know, yeah. then it's just then it's fine. Yeah, you can doctor it up. And let's face it. I mean, there's ramen uh, noodle restaurants that you go to and what they serve there is so far removed from some boiled noodles with a packet of, of you know, chicken flavor <laughs> is is it's crazy. But, uh, you know, you can make a really good ramen noodle. But, yeah, it takes a little more work than than boil the noodles and throw in the packet of flavoring. You know, yes, a couple dry, yes. couple dried peas floating around in there. You're like, hey, look, there's a vegetable. 
you know, in your cup of soup. Yeah, I always thought some of that, those dried peas or a little piece of dried corn, you look at it and it's like, big cup, and there's like three peas and four kernels of corn, and you're like, huh. Exactly. And, they, and they're, even after they've sat in the the boiled water for a period of time, they're like this weird, chewy consistency that doesn't have yeah. anything to do with like an actual piece of corn ever. <laughs> yes. Pea. Yes. So basically, you're getting, you're getting um, some bouillon packet and yeah. some fried noodles, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're lucky, maybe, like I said, a, a, a a piece of dried veggie of some sort that that's so far removed from being a vegetable that yes. it's, tough, it's tough to call it that anymore. You can identify it. It's like, oh, that, that one's orange. It must be a piece of carrot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> must be. Let's go with that. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, when you're cold and stuff. I remember at swim meets being, like, really cold, and you could go get a cup of noodles and, and, uh, and uh, you know, that – Again, that was another one of those things that hit the spot, you know. Uh, and you're cold and it's uh, you're jumping in and out of a swimming pool in February. A cup of noodles hits the spot because it's that's right. It's there. You put that's on that why. big that big parka um, yeah. that swimmers wear, and yeah. uh, and have a, a hot, hot cup of soup. Although I have to be honest, what, so we used to ski a lot when I was a kid. My mom loved to ski, and um, and was when I associate with warming up it's the um apple cider oh so we uh-huh. get the little apple cider packets mm-hmm. um uh because i'm not i'm not a huge hot chocolate fan um yeah. but the apple cider because it had some tang and some sour right. it was really good yeah well both the apple cider and the uh at least the packet apple cider and the packet hot cocoa come off is so sweet that, you know it's like of course a kid's gonna <laughs> love it right that's like yeah, yes yes well but at least the apple cider had some sour to balance the sweet. Yeah. You know, it did. Yeah. So you can buy those uh, as yeah. a K cup now, you know, apple cider. Oh, seriously? Yeah. You can buy it as a K cup and make yourself a, a hot apple cider. Um, I don't know how much apple's really in that stuff, but, uh, but it's pretty much the same stuff that you used to get in the packet. It's just now in a little K cup. You drop it into your Keurig and voila, a cup of hot apple cider. Next time you're over, I'll make one up for you. Wonderful, wonderful, and I'll so. taste it and be like thinking, "Oh, great! This is going to be like childhood." And I'll taste it; I'll be like, "Ew!" Yeah, it's like <laughs> I liked that at one time. No, it's funny how certain things you like, you're like, "Oh man, I really want to get one of these." And, and when they when you get it, you just like light up because it's it the memories all come back with those tastes. And other stuff you taste it and go like, "Ooh, I ate this. This was." Do you know what? <laughs> that was totally me yeah. and Whataburger. So. You know, my dad and his side of the family was all in Texas. And so uh-huh. mom and my, her side of the family is in California. We would go back and forth because my parents divorced when I was two. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, the summer food was Whataburger. Um, uh, I love Whataburger. We don't have them here. Yeah, it so is. It's a, a It's a Texas chain. chain. Yeah. Yeah. So but and I went back to Texas oh, a number of years ago and I'm like, oh, I want to. I want a Whataburger because I hadn't had one in years. And I took a bite of it and I'm like, okay, this thing tastes like McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but I remember as a kid, man, I thought it was so good. And you know, yeah. Although you say that, you know, and I, and I get, I get it, but there's a lot of people who, who, you know, McDonald's is that thing, you know, and it's like, I, I want that, that big Mac. Cause nothing else tastes quite like that big Mac or that McDonald's cheeseburger, you know? And yes. So, you know, you just got to remember how, what it is, you exactly. know, like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Here. It's like that. Everybody has that, you know, couple things and you don't always think about it, but I just was thinking about it yesterday and today about like, well, what is that thing that, that sticks in my mind, you know? And, um, 
and that you know that we've talked about a couple of them. You know, it started with the cereal foods, but there's there's a few other things out there that you go like. It's just something you don't go get right regularly. But if you make a right. conscious effort, you try to you can maybe try to find it uh, or find something like it. You know. Yes, or make it yourself. Yeah, yeah. If you can figure out how to do it, certain things, you know, just click that way. Although Um, I suppose you couldn't make buckwheats by yourself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because there are some buckwheat cereals, but if you go search buckwheat cereals like on Amazon, they're all from like these health food outlets. And I'm not even going to try because I know a buckwheat flake from some health food company is not going to taste like buckwheats from Kellogg's that was maple sugar coated, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's going to taste like a tree. You're yeah, going to feel yeah. like you're eating a tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, yay, this is not yay, it. Yay, it's a bowl of bark. Yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember those commercials? There used to be commercials for um, granola, or no, not granola, for um, grape nuts, which grape are the stra- strangest named f- cereal on the planet because they're like baked like a bread and then they just crunch them all up into these little nuggets that are as hard as rocks um, i actually like grape nuts i do i, I, I like grape i nuts. go through phases but yeah that's one of those things where I, I ate some too but i always remember the commercials where they had the um the uh yule gibbons and you ever eat a pine tree <laughs> many parts are edible you know and then the guy died of a bleeding ulcer like yeah that was like jim fix you know the guy who was the the marathoner who talked about being healthy and died of a heart oh, yeah. attack yeah you know, you know it's it's the, the the irony of life is just uh it, it, an unending comedy of life is entertaining <laughs> you know and i don't so, mean to 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 you know make light of somebody's passing but uh uh yeah you know it's it's you can't help but smile a little bit when the guy who said every you know, pine tree you know dies of a bleeding ulcer <laughs> i mean you know, yeah you can't I, write that stuff, you know? You can't write that stuff. And the reality is, is that none of us are getting out of this place alive. Everybody's going to die. Yeah, All of us. It's yeah, guaranteed. Cycle Nobody's. Life. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you. I mean, I, yeah. obviously, if you if you eat bacon double cheeseburgers every day, you're going to have a problem with your heart. That just that just goes without saying. But, yeah, but um, you're going to go with a smile. <laughs> well you may yeah. not be smiling at the end but you sure were for most of your life yeah 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 you gotta find balance you know <laughs> talking about smiling there's something that's been going on on hgtv they have a show called house hunters where people um you know you follow a couple and they're they're shopping for a house somewhere um and so it's you know just random places and what they've got now is comedians on couches basically making comments on shows so it's reruns of shows and then they've got like little insets, sort of like uh, your little Zoom meeting of the, the comedians. And usually there's two that are hosting it and they invite others in. So there's usually three or four people there making comments. And they'll say, wait a minute, pause it. And then they'll talk about whatever they're seeing, you know. And, and it's, it's actually really entertaining. Yesterday there was a couple <laughs> buying a house and the woman kept trying to f- find a place that would match her birdhouse. She had a little birdhouse. And we're not talking about a fancy schmancy birdhouse. We're talking about, about a nine-inch high birdhouse. And she wanted to buy a house that matched her birdhouse. Now, isn't that weird? That's, that's kind of so, weird. Isn't that bizarre? Because, I mean, wouldn't you just say, well, I'll paint the birdhouse to match the house that I buy, you know? And her her spouse wanted to buy a house that had trees close enough that he could do a, put a slack line up. And that's basically like a loosely, a strap, basically, between the two trees that you could walk on like a um, tightrope walker. 
and apparently I went I went online from Amazon. You can buy a slack line kit for seventy five dollars. But I kid you not, they walked up to houses, and before they even walked in the house, she would make comments about whether or not it matched her birdhouse. And he had a tape measure, and they would stop and measure the distance between trees in the front yard to make sure that it was the right distance for him to stretch a, stra- a slack line across. This okay, is before they've even gone crazy in the house. people. Even crazy before they people. went in the house, it's so funny. And, and, you know, of course, the comedians are having so much fun with this because it's like, these are the strangest people on earth. <laughs> uh, the, the, the guest comedian was Whitney Cummings. Are you familiar with her? Mm, I don't um, think so. She was um, the, one of the creators of New Girl, um, and she had a show called Whitney on for a while. She does stand-up. She also is a writer-producer um, for a lot of television stuff, and she is a funny, funny lady. And, uh, oh, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. Pretty entertaining. Comedians <laughs> on couches watching um, House Hunters take a show that's already. Well, what's funny is, is what they're doing is what I do when I'm watching the show. Which oh, is, totally. Which annoys the bejesus out of my wife because she's like, shut up and watch it. Be quiet. Stop it. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm poking fun at everybody and everything. And it's like they come in and they're, you know, they'll walk in and they'll say, well, I don't like the, the blue wall. And I'm like, that's a can of paint. You're not going to buy a house because you're afraid of buying a can of paint. You know, not to mention you just walk through, you know, a, a wall that somebody had, uh, you know, molded rock into in the shape of Goofy. But but you're worried about the blue wall. <laughs> you know, it's like the bizarre things that these people pick to focus on when they're shopping for houses. And you're like, really? You know, you know I, I have watched... I have watched some of these shows um, from the UK and, um, and and other places. Tobin likes watching these shows too, but we don't have HGTV, and so he, we watch the ones that are on Netflix or some of the other streaming right. services. Lots of like and that. and and I remember there was one. This couple they were in somewhere in Cornwall, that area, mm-hmm. um, in in the south of England. Which, if you've ever watched. Um, uh, 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 Doc Martin. That's set in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful area, beautiful countryside. And they said they wanted an older home, but they I mean, like a like a historic home, and they wanted all these features. Well, his they wanted an open, like a more open floor plan. Well, yeah, they didn't make that comes mo- in old homes. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, and they were looking at farmhouses that were hundreds of years old. And so, you know, they're going to be built with the thick walls and the narrow corridors and all of that. And this woman was being very fussy, and it was it was just so I wanted to slap her. I'm like, you don't even know what you want. Yeah, makes you, you really feel for the poor realtors, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. the realtor of this couple I was describing, you should have seen this guy. He, he, was, <laughs> he was shaped like Santa Claus, and he would wear like a, a vest and a jacket. I mean, a three-piece, you know, like houndstooth jacket. And, co- and just this, and they would start saying things, or he, they're measuring the tree, and they would like cut to his face. And the expression on his face was like, oh, my heavens, who am I with? <laughs> How am I ever going to sell these people a house? And then he, he shows them a house that has the trees the right distance apart. It has a claw-foot bathtub, which is one of the things she had to have. She wanted to have a claw-foot bathtub. She can't um, just it, go out and buy a bathtub? Well, she wanted one with a claw-foot bathtub. She didn't want one that had a built-in bathtub because she has to soak. And, uh, you know, and so, I mean, it had, I mean, literally had everything you want. A beautiful view out the back of the house to uh, a lake. So it was a lakefront property. It was like, and and of course, the comedians and, and I were like, they found it. Stop the show now. This is the house. It marks everything off. Then they come back and they say, okay, 
which house did you pick? And they start walking through the houses. And, well, you know, this one had this and that one had that. They always build up the suspense, right? And then, then they finally yes. say, and we picked. And they cut to them in their house like, you know, a month later as they moved in. And they picked a house that didn't have anything they wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just sit there staring at them going, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Oh, that's oh my funny. goodness. You so you makes, it makes you wonder if the producer had them be so picky to create more drama in the show. I wonder how much of this is, you know, made up and how much of this is, is uh, I know in some of these shows, especially some of the like fix them up type shows, uh, that they go through the motions of looking at houses to decide which one they're going to fix up. But they came to them and said, I have a house I want you to fix up. I know that that's how they do it. Um, I used to have a parent on my swim team and his business was buying and selling um, um, rare uh, arms, like, you know, 200-year-old rifles and muskets. And just, wow. And, and he was approached by several of the shows, like the, um, there's that one up in Vegas, the, um, um, the they own a um, hawk, uh, what do you call it, a, um, it's the Silver Dollar Pawn Shop. I can't remember what the name of the show is. But oh, Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. That makes sense. If I can say Pawn Shop, I should remember Pawn Stars. Um, they had approached him several times where they would, like, borrow. They would pay him a fee to borrow one of his pieces, and he would give them the history on it. And then some guy would walk in and say, yeah, this has been in my family, and they just make up a story. And, and, then, and then the guy would come back and give all this information that, that he had provided them with as if he knew what, you know, something about these old guns. So a lot of that stuff's made up. Um, you know, don't believe everything you see on television, even if it's, it's so-called re- reality TV is a misnomer. You know, it's not really yes. reality. And I'm making air quotes as I say reality. Um, but yeah, even the real housewives. I mean, if those women were behave that way, actually, in real life, you got to think they'd have no friends and no yeah. husband because people couldn't stand to be around them because they're so, yeah. you know, they're made to look like they're just crazy. Yeah. Well, but I, yeah. it's wildly entertaining. Yeah, that's the point is it's this is, you know, and that, I think people forget that when you're watching it, you got to realize that just because the word real in it is in it doesn't mean that it's real. Um, it is entertainment and entertainment first and foremost, like a lot of things. It's not real. <laughs> so um, on a little bit heavier subject, you know, uh, in addition to um, uh, well, while all the protests have been going on, um, another uh, a black man has been killed in Atlanta. Richard Brooks was shot in the back um, last Friday. Um, are you familiar with that? No. Yeah. So um, uh, in the video, apparently what happened was he was uh, parked in a Wendy's drive through and fell asleep. He had been out. Oh, yeah. That guy. Sorry. Like I didn't something. remember. The, okay. I didn't yeah, catch so I, the, I didn't remember the name. Once I gave you the, the specifics, you go like, oh, yeah. He fell. I mean, let's face it. Falling asleep. In your car, in a drive-through at Wendy's is is probably not a good idea. But no. I'm sure nobody says which will be punishable by death. You know that's those aren't that's not how you finish that sentence, right? That's just nuts. So apparently, police tapped on the car, woke him up. He wigged out because he was still apparently inebriated. Um, and uh, as they tr- he struggled with the police a little bit. And grabbed one of their stun guns and then started running away. And uh, as he turned with the stun gun, one of the police officers shot him and killed him. Hit him twice in the back. Now, 
my take on this, and of course I'm not there in the heat of the moment, so I'll give you that, is that they know where he lives because they have his car. They're going to have to get it towed out of the drive-thru. They know what weapon he has because he took it off of them. It's a stun gun that there is no excuse and no reason for them to be using lethal force, and they killed the man. Yeah, They should have just let him run away. It's like, fine, where's he going to go? He's going to go home. We've got his car. Um, you know, uh, or follow him. Just follow behind him. You know, walk behind him going, dude, chill. Um, but no, that's not what happened. And so the man is dead. Uh, the police officers were fired. One of them has now been charged with murder. And the Atlanta Police Department now is having a sick out. That Several of the police, uh, uh, a good number of the police... Uh, have said they uh, don't believe that the police are being treated fairly in this instance. And so uh, there are a, the quote is here, an unusual number of officers working the late shift have called out sick, the mayor said. They say, uh, uh, also followed with that the city will be okay. There's a lot happening in our cities, and our police officers are receiving the brunt of it, quite frankly. That's Mayor uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms told CNN's Chris Cuomo. She said the city is committed uh to the officers through a big pay raise, we expect that our officers will keep their commitment to our communities. How, um, how do you feel about that? Honestly, I understand police feeling like they're a little bit under attack because there's a lot of good police out there who, who um, uh, you know, are, I mean, I would be almost afraid to be driving home in my uniform by myself because I would be afraid that, you know, a group of people might say, there's one of those police and go after them. I think that the police are probably feeling very under attack and paranoid. Um, and they do a difficult job. I think we're asking them to do too much. And I like the conversations about let's take some of the, um, the uh, social policing out of their job. But, um, you know, the idea that in this instance, that man shouldn't be charged, that police officer should not be charged, is, I think, wrongheaded. I think if you watch the video and you see what happened, he clearly should have been charged. He should have had cleaner heads about him. And if the police are, are being trained and other police officers can't see that they're... I mean, I, and, and I haven't heard a police officer. Maybe a police officer would like to explain to me why that was a justifiable shoot. But at the very least, it should go in front of a jury and they should talk about it and say, you know, then they, they have the opportunity to make their case as to why that was done properly. Um, because it sure didn't look like it to me. Yeah. Um, I, if I were a, a police officer, here, here's a challenge. If I were a police officer, I would be afraid to be out there doing my job right now, simply because the way that they were trained and clearly because it's consistent, um, mm. the way that they were trained was to be, um, to expect the worst. Right. And, right. and that if somebody turns around quickly, it's because they want to harm you. If somebody, mm -hmm. you know, so their, their first instinct is to use deadly force to protect themselves. That's how they were trained. Yeah. Well, they want to get uh, home every night and I understand they do. that. You know? They do. They do. Um, sorry. I just, uh, yeah, they do want to, they want to get home every night. I do understand that. Um, so they need to be trained in a different way. They need to be trained in a way that, that they, that de-escalates that, you know, he was a drunk man. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I certainly, I, I, um, I think that they shouldn't have killed him. I think that that was, that was uncalled for and, mm -hmm. you know, they should face consequences for that. 
Having said that, I think that the, that the problem is systemic. And this is what Black Lives Matter is arguing. But although they think that it's it's just systemic racism, I think it's just systemic poor policing. That if you tr- if you see the people in your community as an enemy combatant and that's how you react to them, um, mm-hmm. um, then it's it's you're going to react. You're going to have a different outcome than if you if you are. Uh, you see them as a human being and regardless mm-hmm. of what color they are, because they shoot white people and Hispanics yeah. and Asians and all those people, too. Yeah, it's not but, just black yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, the the black people make up about a third of the police killings a year. Um, the majority of them are white and then the remainder are other ethnicities. There's lots of people being killed by police. There's bad policing. That said, as a percentage of the population, you're about four times more likely to be shot if you're black. It's true. And I'm not I'm not actually touching that argument. I get right. that. I, I, yeah, no, I'm, and I know you do. I'm just say, stating it for the record, basically. Yep. 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 So I just think that um, we need to our approach to policing needs to be changed. Absolutely. Our approach to to law enforcement um, uh, to minimize the violent engagements. Now, there are areas where the people they're engaging are violent. And and perhaps there's a different approach in those communities. Perhaps there's I don't know, because I'm not an expert in criminal justice, Mm -hmm. um, but I know that other countries are able to to manage their policing um, without as many officer involved shootings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that we need to to rethink how we do our policing. We you know, we're not going to defund and get rid of the police, but we are going to. I think a great outcome of this would be uh, of our, our current societal woes would be to to see a reformation and and rebalancing of our expectations of our police and and adjustment of some of the um, uh, mandate, you know, as to what they're expected to do and when they're expected to do it. Um, and we just need to think through that. And I've heard some actually some good ideas. That was my frustration early on when a lot of the protests started is there's a lot of people protesting, but there's not a lot of people giving us answers or suggestions as to what to do to make things better. You know, right. s- stop racism. Well, that's great. It's an easy thing to say. It's a much harder thing to do. What can we do? You know, um, I mean, renaming Aunt Jemima syrup isn't going to solve the world's problems. Um, you know. Uh, no. And, and it's interesting because people are starting, you know, people are starting to tell the woman's story. And perhaps I, I personally think that changing the syrup, um, the name of the syrup was, was not the right decision. If I were in the room, I would have, I would have told her story. Yeah. And well, said, you know, that was my initial reaction. Yes. Was, That's stupid. That's dumb. You know, Lady Annabellum changing the name, that's dumb. You know, use this as a teaching moment if you want to. But, I mean, this was a black woman who came out of slavery and launched a business that is going 100 years later, more than 100 yes. years later. That's something you should point to with pride, not run away from. Right. You know, and it just seems stupid to me. And, 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 I, and I, I get that there might be parts of the story that I don't know. And if there's more that comes out that we find out and it's like, oh, then there's a reason that that's a, you know, there's some negative connotations to this or something that's bad there. But, uh, you know, at least from what we know at this point, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, and I just saw today, apparently um, there is a uh, some, I, I mean, I'm not a cream of wheat person, but apparently cream of wheat has used some African-American uh, imagery yes. on their packaging. Yes. I, I, I literally don't know that I've ever looked at a package of cream of wheat. I think I've had it once in my life and went, yuck, it's like oatmeal, but runny. 
and and <laughs> so I'm, yeah, not, I'm a not a fan, fan either. Not a fan of like you know mushy stuff that has no texture and flavor. Um, but hey, more power to you if you love your cream of wheat, right? Um, uh, but you know, I and I don't know the history of that one. You know, and maybe that one is fine. You maybe you need to change your imagery on your packaging and change what's going on there. But the Aunt Jemima one seems silly. Say and, and you know, and I was saying that that was my preferred syrup or fake syrup or whatever you want to call it because it's certainly not maple syrup. It's maple flavored corn syrup with coloring and all. Again, nothing healthy there, right? Um, I was actually wrong when I looked at my packaging. It was Mrs. Butterworth's because I like that buttery flavor. That's the one I use. Uh, <laughs> so I well, don't even use the Aunt Jemima the syrup. Whole, <laughs> the whole bottle looks like a Mrs. Butterworth. That's yeah. That's- and it's a cool bottle. It really is. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I hope they're not changing their bottle, but I don't know what their story is either. I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm going to, I buy it for the syrup, not for the bottle or the marketing or whatever. I like the flavor. Like, I'm like actually not buckwheat. a syrup fan. You know, I've, the one place I want it, the one place I want maple is on a pancake and, or a waffle. Other than that, I could live without it. I like fruit. And well, when I was eating whipped cream, I like fruit and whipped cream on a waffle. But the waffle has to be a Belgian waffle, mm-hmm. which is lighter and crisper, it crispier. It's different. And yeah, and it's, and it, oh yeah, yum, 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 yum. Ding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, we might have been dinging the whole time. I could just be, you know. I mean, we've been doing all kinds of food stuff here. So um, I found an article with Aunt Jemima, Mrs. Butterworth, and Uncle Ben set to disappear from American kitchens. A look back at their racist origins. Origins. Yeah, so they've got the cream of wheat. Okay, yeah, so they've got a chef there who's an African-American chef. Says since 1895, that's on the cream of wheat. I, I had mentioned Uncle Ben's disappearing because, you know, and again, is it a good thing that we're taking all of these uh, black faces off of packaging? It does. I, 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 it seems to me kind of counter, like, you know, change the story, change the I I, I don't get it. I don't get uh, it. And yeah. Quite, f- quite frankly, the Mrs. Butterworth bottle. You couldn't tell me by looking at that bottle who that person is or what that, you know, what the race of that person is. They're the color of maple fake, fake maple syrup is the color of the bottle. I mean, come on. I. It, whatever if you want to change the packaging fine if you feel like that's a um you know they're saying that these uh uh there's a history of slavery and african-american oppression because because they you know put uh uh the face of an african-american woman on a company founded by an african-american former slave um if you know if you you own the company your guys running it then you guys can decide what you want to do with it um you know, I guess. I mean, it's it's you know your business, but uh, I think some of this stuff is a little little wrong headed. People, you know, getting panicky in the boardroom right now. I agree. I agree, and we are completely out of time. Yep, we have run out of time here. Uh, Conagra is the Mrs. Butterworth's brand. Yeah. Yeah, because I think five companies globally control like ninety percent of the global food chain. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, there's like, yeah, th- three or four companies that are uh, that are, we're dealing with here um, total, and some of them are the same ones. So anyway, we're out of time. We can continue this conversation later. Uh, thank you for joining us here at Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. And I'm Erin Brinker. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>